0: Friday, friends. Welcome to episode eight. We're continuing on the Creating Healthy Habits series, but today our topic is breaking bread. And before I jump into that, I just want to say I feel fall coming very soon. I can feel it in the air. The temperature is changing a little bit. Now that we live in Southern California, it's definitely going to be different than when we lived back on the East Coast or in the Midwest where it really changed and we knew winter was upon us but now living in the san diego area knowing it's only gonna be in the 60s through the winter i am so excited for fall this year we might not see the leaves change but i definitely feel it in the air and i'm totally digging pumpkin spice everything i know so basic but I've been craving pumpkin spice bread. I'm excited because this is a season where I feel like a lot of family activities happen and I'm really looking forward to those. But let's go ahead and get into today's topic and the reason I wanna get into the habit of breaking bread is because there are so many rich memories around the idea of breaking bread, at least for me. One of my earliest memories is the smell of coffee the sun peeking through the front window of Nana and Papa's house, and everyone gathered around Nana and Papa's table, talking and sipping their coffee. Nana and Papa's table was always more than a place that we just sat and ate meals. It was a place that we connected, a place we gathered and started our day. It was a place that I always wanted to be because it was where I felt warmth, and all of the people that I loved were always gathered around it. Now that Nana has passed away. It brings an extra special meaning to my heart. Sorry, I'm tearing up a bit because I saw the way that Nana cultivated that space. She was the driving force behind it being a space where we met and she always made sure there was plenty of food on the table and the coffee pot was going. We'd always have family coming in and out of the house just meeting there and having conversation and I can remember sitting at the other end of the table, just listening to Nana talk, listening to Papa talk. It became such a treasured part of my life. Every time I would stay the night at Nana's house, I would wake up and it would be the same thing every morning. That's how they started their day. That's where they lived their life, was at that table. When we first got married, one of my favorite pieces of furniture that we had was our dinner table. I didn't realize it then, but I was creating that same sacred space at my own dining table that I saw Nana and Papa creating in their home. It was the place where I learned how to feed my little family of two at the time. It was where we celebrated our first holidays together. I can distinctly remember how I set up the table. I had a red and white checkered cloth that I laid over the table. I had purchased two movie tickets and set them there. I had some flowers and a little special card, and I had made the most extravagant (laughs) spread of food. It was so exciting, and that was just the first of many holidays that we experienced there. It was also where we would unwind at the end of the day and talk about what had happened in our day, where we made big decisions. Specifically, we made the decision to move across country there. Jack would do his work there. And there would always be books piled high. And I would get so frustrated because instead of using the desk in our bedroom, he always used the dinner table. But looking back, I see why he used the dinner table. It was a common meeting space. We made the decision to move across country. And it was a place that became our central nervous system of our home. Everything happened around this table. And there was nothing particularly beautiful about this table or meaningful in and of itself. It was what had happened around that table that made it sacred. Our table became a sacred space in our home. Our marriage was built around this table. I should also know it is the place where I failed many, many, many times cooking our first meals. It was a place of grace because Jack never would mention it. He would eat it anyway. My deepest hope is that my children will hold our time around the table as sacred. That the smell of morning coffee, the early morning light, and the conversation of family would be imprinted on their hearts. Breaking bread is something that is sacred. Jesus shared the table with sinners and saints alike. It was a crucial gathering space for him and his disciples. It was a place of communion and belonging. Our tables are a little slice of what heaven will look like, a place of connection and so much love. When we treat our tables as a sacred space, we are giving our kids a little slice of that heaven. You may be wondering, well, how do I begin creating that habit of breaking bread and building the sacred space. I'm going to share five ways that help us create the sacred space. And most of the time, it's unintentional. It's just a habit that we've created and we don't talk about it. It's not something that we openly talk about like, hey, these are our ground rules. No, these rules, so to speak, kind of came to play because this is how we are living our life and we're not perfect. And I always drive that home in this Creating habit, Healthy Habit series, because we are not perfect. Nobody is perfect. So, yes, these are the things that we like to try to stick to that we follow typically out of habit, but it doesn't mean we get it perfect every time. Number one, the table is a no phone zone. We want this place to be where we connect face to face. Being present every day and carrying conversation will create the habit of personal connection. We want them to be able to look back and see that we were looking them in the eye and having this conversation, that this was a place that we gathered to talk. This was a place that we listened. And we don't want the distraction of our phones because it takes away from that. Number two, let it be where we give thanks. Pray for the things that you are thankful for and talk to your kids about why we are thankful for the things that we have. Create the habit of thankfulness in their hearts. This is important because in order to create this space as sacred, we need to be thankful. We need to have thankful and grateful hearts and set that foundation early on. Number three, eat together. Make sure that you eat together at the table as a family. When we eat together, we are able to savor not only the food, but also build memories together. If we elsewhere, say in the living room in front of the TV, we aren't spending time together, even though we're in the same vicinity. We're not together, and we are missing out on opportunities to connect with our kids. It's in this space that they learn to feel known and loved by us. When we are fully present. Our kids feel that. They feel the love when we acknowledge their day, when we ask questions about their day. People feel loved when you talk about them. Number four, make decisions at this table. Whether it be big or small, bring everything that you need to the table. Spread it out and discuss life as a family. Whether that's just you and your husband or you husband and your kids. Let it be a meeting space where you make decisions. When we come to the table and spread everything out, we're able to fully focus on the work that's in front of us, the decisions that need to be made in front of us. And the distractions are limited. They're minimal because everything that we need is right in front of us. And last but not least, number five, always have space at your table. Always be ready to add someone at your table what a gift it is to serve others through food. I can remember when I was young, my mom always made dinner, lots and lots of dinner, and she always had extras, whether that be for the next day, for, you know, to eat leftovers, or whether that would just be enough, just in case somebody came, because more often than not, we always had a friend that came over to eat too, and that was something very valuable that I learned. There was always an abundance of food, And to me, that's really special because my favorite way to love others is through a meal. And if I can give a meal or food to somebody, if I can welcome somebody to my table, it brings me such joy. Not only do you nourish their body, but you have the opportunity to nourish their soul. This teaches our children the habit of breaking bread and serving others we're teaching our kids how to serve others. How beautiful is that? How beautiful is it to watch your children learn to serve others? And one of the things that I love so much about Jackson is that he loves spending time in the kitchen with me. He loves to help me bake special treats in the kitchen or stir up food on the stove. It has become such a special bonding time with me. So if I can imprint on his little heart the love of serving others through food, it would bring me such joy. My hope for my kids is that they want to be humble servants to those around them. My encouragement to you is to let your table be a sacred space. Let's build a generation of people that break bread together because I believe that when we do, we get a glimpse of heaven. We get to love people through nourishment of body and soul. And what is more beautiful than knowing that we are nourishing somebody's body and also their soul? What are some of the ways that you create the sacred space in your home? What are some of the earliest memories of breaking bread or connecting at the table that you have? Really sit down and think about it this week. What are some ways that you can implement some of the things that I talked about today in your own home? My challenge to you this week is that you break bread with somebody. Invite somebody over to your home invite somebody out to lunch, break bread, nourish body and soul through conversation, through attention, through love and generosity. Let's feed love into the hearts of our kids this week. Let's show them what it means to serve others in such a beautiful way. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. I am so grateful for you. I hope you have a wonderful week enjoy this beautiful weekend. Do something fall-like. Bake some pumpkin bread. Go apple picking. Do something that inspires fall in your hearts. We'll see you next time. Bye. Friday, friends. Welcome to episode eight. We're continuing on the Creating Healthy Habits series, but today our topic is breaking bread. And before I jump into that, I just want to say I feel fall coming very soon. I can feel it in the air. The temperature's changing a little bit. Now that we live in Southern California, it's definitely going to be different than when we lived back on the East Coast or in the Midwest where it really changed and we knew winter was upon us but now living in the San Diego area knowing it's only gonna be in the 60s through the winter I am so excited for fall this year we might not see the leaves change but I definitely feel it in the air and I'm totally digging pumpkin spice everything I know so basic but I've been craving pumpkin spice bread. I'm excited because this is a season where I feel like a lot of family activities happen, and I'm really looking forward to those. But let's go ahead and get into today's topic, and the reason I want to get into the habit of breaking bread is because there are so many rich memories around the idea of breaking bread, at least for me. One of my earliest memories is the smell of coffee the sun peeking through the front window of Nana and Papa's house, and everyone gathered around Nana and Papa's table, talking and sipping their coffee. Nana and Papa's table was always more than a place that we just sat and ate meals. It was a place that we connected, a place we gathered and started our day. It was a place that I always wanted to be because it was where I felt warmth, and all of the people that I loved were always gathered around it. Now that Nana has passed away, it brings an extra special meaning to my heart. Sorry, I'm tearing up a bit because I saw the way that Nana cultivated that space. She was the driving force behind it being a space where we met and she always made sure there was plenty of food on the table and the coffee pot was going. We'd always have family coming in and out of the house just meeting there and having conversation and... I can remember sitting at the other end of the table, just listening to Nana talk, listening to Papa talk. It became such a treasured part of my life. Every time I would stay the night at Nana's house, I would wake up and it would be the same thing every morning. That's how they started their day. That's where they lived their life, was at that table. When we first got married, one of my favorite pieces of furniture that we had was our dinner table. I didn't realize it then, but I was creating that same sacred space at my own dining table that I saw Nana and Papa creating in their home. It was the place where I learned how to feed my little family of two at the time. It was where we celebrated our first holidays together. I can distinctly remember how I set up the table. I had a red and white checkered cloth that I laid over the table. I had purchased two movie tickets and set them there. I had some flowers and a little special card, and I had made the most extravagant (laughs) spread of food. It was so exciting, and that was just the first of many holidays that we experienced there. It was also where we would unwind at the end of the day and talk about what had happened in our day, where we made big decisions. Specifically, we made the decision to move across country there. Jack would do his work there. And there would always be books piled high. And I would get so frustrated because instead of using the desk in our bedroom, he always used the dinner table. But looking back, I see why he used the dinner table. It was a common meeting space. We made the decision to move across country. And it was a place that became our central nervous system of our home. Everything happened around this table. And there was nothing particularly beautiful about this table or meaningful in and of itself. It was what had happened around that table that made it sacred. Our table became a sacred space in our home. Our marriage was built around this table. I should also know it is the place where I failed many, many, many times cooking our first meals. It was a place of grace because Jack never would mention it. He would eat it anyway. My deepest hope is that my children will hold our time around the table as sacred. That the smell of morning coffee, the early morning light, and the conversation of family would be imprinted on their hearts. Breaking bread is something that is sacred. Jesus shared the table with sinners and saints alike. It was a crucial gathering space for him and his disciples. It was a place of communion and belonging. Our tables are a little slice of what heaven will look like, a place of connection and so much love. When we treat our tables as a sacred space, we are giving our kids a little slice of that heaven. You may be wondering, well, how do I begin creating that habit of breaking bread and building the sacred space? I'm going to share five ways that help us create the sacred space. And most of the time, it's unintentional. It's just a habit that we've created and we don't talk about it. It's not something that we openly talk about like, hey, these are our ground rules. No, these rules, so to speak, kind of came to play because this is how we are living our life and we're not perfect. And I always drive that home in this Creating habit, Healthy habit series because we are not perfect, nobody is perfect. So yes, these are the things that we like to try to stick to that we follow typically out of habit, but it doesn't mean we get it perfect every time. Number one, the table is a no phone zone. We want this place to be where we connect face to face. Being present every day and carrying conversation will create the habit of personal connection. We want them to be able to look back and see that we were looking them in the eye and having this conversation, that this was a place that we gathered to talk. This was a place that we listened. And we don't want the distraction of our phones because it takes away from that. Number two, let it be where we give thanks. Pray for the things that you are thankful for and talk to your kids about why we are thankful for the things that we have. Create the habit of thankfulness in their hearts this is important because in order to create this space as sacred we need to be thankful we need to have thankful and grateful hearts and set that foundation early on number three eat together. Make sure that you eat together at the table as a family. When we eat together, we are able to savor not only the food, but also build memories together. If we elsewhere, say in the living room in front of the TV, we aren't spending time together, even though we're in the same vicinity. We're not together, and we are missing out on opportunities to connect with our kids. It's in this space that they learn to feel known and loved by us. When we are fully present, our kids feel that. They feel the love when we acknowledge their day, when we ask questions about their day. People feel loved when you talk about them. Number four, make decisions at this table. Whether it be big or small, bring everything that you need to the table. Spread it out and discuss life as a family. Whether that's just you and your husband or you your husband and your kids. Let it be a meeting space where you make decisions. When we come to the table and spread everything out, we're able to fully focus on the work that's in front of us, the decisions that need to be made in front of us. And the distractions are limited, they're minimal, because everything that we need is right in front of us. And last but not least, number five, always have space at your table. Always be ready to add someone at your table. What a gift it is to serve others through food. I can remember when I was young, my mom always made dinner, lots and lots of dinner, and she always had extras, whether that be for the next day, for, you know, to eat leftovers, or whether that would just be enough, just in case somebody came, because more often than not, we always had a friend that came over to eat too, and that was something very valuable that I learned. There was always an abundance of food. And to me, that's really special because my favorite way to love others is through a meal. And if I can give a meal or food to somebody, if I can welcome somebody to my table, it brings me such joy. Not only do you nourish their body, but you have the opportunity to nourish their soul. This teaches our children the habit of breaking bread and serving others we're teaching our kids how to serve others. How beautiful is that? How beautiful is it to watch your children learn to serve others? And one of the things that I love so much about Jackson is that he loves spending time in the kitchen with me. He loves to help me bake special treats in the kitchen or stir up food on the stove. It has become such a special bonding time with me. So if I can imprint on his little heart the love of serving others through food, it would bring me such joy. My hope for my kids is that they want to be humble servants to those around them. My encouragement to you is to let your table be a sacred space. Let's build a generation of people that break bread together because I believe that when we do, we get a glimpse of heaven. We get to love people through nourishment of body and soul. And what is more beautiful than knowing that we are nourishing somebody's body and also their soul? What are some of the ways that you create the sacred space in your home? What are some of the earliest memories of breaking bread or connecting at the table that you have? Really sit down and think about it this week. What are some ways that you can implement some of the things that I talked about today in your own home? My challenge to you this week is that you break bread with somebody. Invite somebody over to your home invite somebody out to lunch, break bread, nourish body and soul through conversation, through attention, through love and generosity. Let's feed love into the hearts of our kids this week. Let's show them what it means to serve others in such a beautiful way. Thank you so much for listening today, guys. I am so grateful for you. I hope you have a wonderful week enjoy this beautiful weekend. Do something fall-like. Bake some pumpkin bread. Go apple picking. Do something that inspires fall in your hearts. We'll see you next time. Bye.